three, two, one. Welcome to your Soul Cinema. This is our second edition. We are very excited to invite you back. If you missed the first one, we covered um, a movie called Defending Your Life. And in this one, we're talking about what dreams may come. But before we get into it, maybe just a little bit about your Soul Cinema. We'll go around real quickly and introduce ourselves, and then we'll summarize the movie for you. So I am Baruch Halevi, co-founder of Soul Centered with my wife, Ariella. We are Soul Centered, and Rebecca Rosen and Chris will introduce themselves. But we are collaborating on this program, this project called Your Soul Cinema, to help give um, people an understanding of how we understand the journey of the soul through amazing different movies that really take on aspects of the soul, the soul's journey into this life, through this life, into the next world. And so we're going through all of these different movies to really bring this important conversation to life. So let's, why don't we begin? Actually, you guys need to introduce yourselves and then we'll begin. And Chris is going to do a little overview of the movie. So I'm Rebecca Rosen. I'm a spiritual medium. I'm an author. And this is my husband. Christian Rosen. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Often get lost as Rebecca's right. husband. My name's Christian Hagaseth. I'm a deep thinker and spiritual seeker. I think is what yes. we decided to call me instead of represent all spiritual seekers everywhere. So, right. <laughs> so we're going to um, have Chris do a synopsis of the movie, then we're going to dive into it and see where the spirit takes us. So um, this movie is more than 20 years old, 23 years old. I think it was in the theaters and um, absolutely the worst date movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> if you're thinking about taking a date and getting lucky, uh-uh, not going to happen. Um, definitely inspiring for deep thought and um, like depression. If you're feeling like too good about life, watch this movie. It will bring you down. Um, no, no, really though, it's um, it's it is a very sad story though. I mean, it's uh, Robin Williams cast as the main character. Um, his uh, both of his children die. His living wife and him have to then deal with the uh, with life after the death of their children. Which I just as a parent, I just is a crushing thought to even think about. Um, and then, uh, then Robin William dies in a tragic accident, and his wife is now left to in this void of a life where her children are dead and her husband's dead, and she's probably got 40 strong years in front of her. And so she's torn apart on the inside. And the movie sort of gracefully exits to a point where she has um, died by suicide and is lost in this netherworld on the other side, stuck somewhere between heaven and hell, but a lot closer to hell, by the way I saw it. And um, then there's a, a dialogue between um, sort of the universe and Robin Williams' character and the wife to see if like, there really is a predetermination about what happens if you die from suicide that has a very mildly optimistic ending that does nothing to justify the movie. And again, if you saw this as a date movie, um, you definitely <laughs> weren't getting any. Um, maybe you had a strong cup of coffee afterwards and a great discussion. It was very thought-provoking, but heavy. Um, you know, uh, it, it really was. And it, it, yeah. it brought a lot up. And there was a lot of uh, themes weaved in and out of this about life and death and and soul groups and reincarnation. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, yeah. there was a lot to it. Um, it was a very, uh, very, very meaty, hearty movie. A lot to think about. And again, if I didn't mention it, a terrible date movie. Uh, <laughs> he, fell, he fell asleep, just so you know. <laughs> like 10 well, minutes in. Right? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> when I realized where the movie was going, I knew it had nothing. Yeah, yeah. to go to sleep. We've only seen it five times, though. <laughs> but we take this subject on because, again, this, this series isn't about entertainment. There are plenty of different venues out there to review movies around entertainment. But I know at least the three of us in our work um, with clients deal with heavy, serious, horrible issues. But we're all going to face suffering. And we're, you know, we're going to lose loved ones. And so this movie, although not a great date movie, we, we got it, Chris, um, <laughs> certainly does an amazing job of really portraying in images the yes. journey of the soul for better and for worse. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, this is has been my go-to movie that I refer clients to for years just because it paints such a great picture of the afterlife and how you create your own heaven or hell. But I always say heaven or hell isn't a place, it's a state of mind. So you can create a living hell in this world in a body, or you can create a heaven on earth. And so I refer people to it for that, but also for, um, you know, just the visuals of people are always trying to say, you know, well, they have an idea like there's a God on a cloud and then you go and you're judged. And, you know, no, you end up in, you know, dog heaven if you loved animals or maybe a golf course or maybe a casino, maybe the mountains. It just depends. Whatever brought you joy in life, you can recreate because we create through our thoughts and our beliefs. I was just going to say, the idea of hell, you know, we're also worried about where do we go when we die, and and the previous movie that we watched, Defending Your Life, was kind of like that. It was like mm-hmm. this judgment. Well, what did you do good mm-hmm. on earth? What did you do bad? And I take this movie and I think that hell is a state of mind. If you look at the movie, she committed suicide and she continued on in her mind, you know, constantly going on in her mind. And I think... Um, the I think her uh, Robin Williams' son in Heaven said something to the point of, you know, your body is just a body, and you're gonna leave it. It's not a. It's not. It's just a body. But it's so important to remember that when you're on this earth, your body is your body, and your mind is your mind. So what will you do with this one precious life? Because, and you know, I'm sure we'll get into this discussion of suicide. It doesn't end. Mm-hmm. You, the things that happen here on earth is like a split second, a continuation mm-hmm. to the next life. Yeah. Um, so it's just a really interesting concept of hell mm-hmm. and heaven. And it's particularly poignant for, um, for certainly Rebecca and I, our father, Shelley Perlman, um, took his own life and our grandmother prior to that, our paternal grandmother. Um, so we have two generations of suicide. So this is not theoretical. And I've always grappled with the idea of, of hell um, as, as a rabbi. It's something I've obviously thought about. And, and I've never really bought into these kind of traditional notions of punishment. But I also have never been willing to say that there are consequences to your choices. Mm-hmm. And for me, and I think this is why we refer people to this movie, because I think it does a very good job of connecting choice and consequence. Right. Mm-hmm. And there are always consequences to our choices. Yes. You know, a year after our dad died, um, he started coming to me in dreams. And one of the dreams, he I guess I had been asking him, where are you? What does it look like? What what are you doing? And he showed me, and I can, I, it was a real visitation because those you never forget. He was sitting in a dimly lit study with a fireplace and a, like a wall of books in a chair. 
And he was just, in my readings, when a spirit shakes their head and they look down, they're really in deep self-inquiry, introspection. They're they're taking accountability for all their thoughts. And he, you, there were no words in the dream, but it was just this knowing he was owning the consequence for the choice to end his life. And he was taking it seriously. And then that was like years ago. And since then, he's graduated. He's done the work. But at the end of the day, everything follows us when we pass away. So you either do the work while you're here or you're going to have to pick up where you left off and do it there. That's right. That, I mean, I, when I counsel people on, in my healing sessions, there's been actually recently a few people that have come up with, why am I here? Why not just end it? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just such a strong message and it's something that we teach our children and I'm sure you do too with the history that we have is that that it is a state of mind hell is a state of mind and mm-hmm. what you deal with here there's no out mm-hmm. right you continue on after you pass away so committing suicide is an act of going back into that school going into that mm-hmm. the state of mind mm-hmm. and it's better like you said baruch to make that choice here on earth to do whatever you can to choose to live that's right you know, it seemed to me though that it felt th- this woman who commits suicide is her her children die, and then her husband dies, and she's left in the world alone, commits suicide, and then is I'm gonna say damned to hell at that point. And to me, that felt very um, judging, unfortunate. Like I have a lot of compassion for people, and I think that there should be. Uh, an allowable point for people to choose their own exit. You know, mm-hmm. somebody suffering from a terminal illness or in, in great pain or like that woman. I mean, can you imagine the emotional pain that she would live with every day of her life? And it seemed to me that it was, it was unfortunate that there's no um, forgiveness for the circumstances that she came through. She was judged the same as anyone else who may have committed suicide for reasons disorder passing and, and superficial, but hers were really, I mean, deep. And, and these were what showed to be not just her family in this life, but parts of her soul group in life after life. And so I'm, I'm really interested, when I was watching it, I was interested to understand how you all might look at that. Because to me, it felt that not all suicides are equal. So I'm just going to challenge, you know, it's good back and forth. I'm going to challenge the idea because um, what they said in the movie, and I believe this deeply, is that nobody was judging her. There was no judgment. It was her judgment, right? She had condemned herself to hell. And she's, you know, and and you see this in people who are downward spiraling, where it's hard to break through and it becomes more and more and more about them and their story and their darkness. And that's no judgment on me on the outside. It's them losing their way Mm. on the inside, losing their way out of their hell. And you saw Robin Williams' character even go into hell. Mm-hmm. And he was starting to lose himself in hell. Yeah. And we can talk about you know how that ultimately freed her. But the bottom line was, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s character, I think, said it best, um, that she is, nobody's judging the suicides, they are judging themselves. Right, and they're stuck in that. So you're saying that the those people that were in that, the, that level of hell, that suicide, were, were all there because of where they had exited life not that they had been cast there because of the way they exited life. It's that they it were their mind, their mind body, right. and spirit was at that place and when the, they exited. And they could not receive any light into their darkness. There mm-hmm. were no windows. There were no openings. Mm-hmm. And I remember, I can't remember who said it in the movie, but they said something like, um, it's the, her lack of forgiveness. 
because if you remember, she couldn't right. forgive herself because she she believed that if she had been in the car, mm-hmm. her kids wouldn't have died. Mm-hmm. If she would have gotten the painting from Robin Williams mm-hmm. instead. Yeah. So yeah. she had, and I think Cuba, uh, what is his name? Cuba yeah, <laughs> I think that um, he said something to that effect of mm-hmm. it's the forget the lack of forgiveness that keeps her stuck in her head and in in right. hell. Mm-hmm. And this is where relationships come in because this movie was all about relationships yeah. and how do we help people release themselves from hell? Right. What is our role? What can we do? And I thought this movie did a, a beautiful job mm-hmm. of showing that we all impact each other. Right. And we have a role and a responsibility to one another. Well, mm-hmm. so in reading, spirits will come through and say the best gift you can give the soul who died, however they died, suicide or any other way, is to pray for their highest truth and highest healing. And you're sending them love and compassion and forgiveness if necessary. And that helps them forgive themselves and then they can ascend higher. So yeah. true. Um, so something else I wanted to mention is what I hear all the time from the spirits is that it's not how we die that we're judging ourselves on so much it's how we lived Mm -hmm. and the quality of our life choices the accumulation of them and our character so even Mm. though they may have died by suicide they're not as hung up on it as we may think they are okay they they own it but from the movie, I didn't fully agree with, like the movie again, it sensationalizes Hollywoodized, right? Okay. There was so much truth in it, but there were pieces to me in my experience that didn't line up. Well, I mean, I would go back to that scene that's very graphic and brutal scene where he's walking across a sea of faces mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. suicide. But you know what each one of those person represented was their unique story, their unique suicide. There is no such thing as suicide. Somebody who's at the end of life in a pain body who is racked with pain and we want to show them mercy and they we help them you know leave this world is very different than somebody who Adolf Hitler he completed suicide I would not say that they're the same suicide absolutely not. I would say they're condemned to different fates for different reasons because they've made different choices so I wouldn't say there is such a thing as a, a suicide mm-hmm. each one has to be as unique as the person so you know what else I would be real interested in hearing from each of you on was I found it very interesting that Robin Williams' character when walked through this afterlife and these, the person walking him through said, hey, there are no rules. Um, this is how it happens. And then at one point he went and engaged his then dead wife and he came back out and he said, he goes, I'm, I'm going to leave now, but I'm not going to leave in the way you expect. I'm going to stay with her here. And he went back in to hell to be with her. I mean, what what do y'all make of that? What's that bring up for you? Because again, I'm, from my perspective, I was a little, well, go ahead. So I was gonna say before you said this, is this, I think Rebecca, you said it, it's this idea of relationships and how we live. And so if you remember, she was in a psychiatric hospital when her kids passed away, after her kids passed away, mm-hmm. and he could never enter in. Her gripe was, I'm depressed and you just keep on living and you keep on choosing life and you can't join me. And he was always, you know, there was this disconnect between them mm. because he couldn't join her and he couldn't see fully her darkness mm. because he was afraid, I think, that he would go down too. So 
When I actually looked at him going into her hell, yes, there was a risk of him not coming back, but I thought that was a moment of true intimacy when he actually mm -hmm. stepped into yep. her yep. mind, what she was feeling, and was mm. able to say, like, I'm in it with you, yes. and that's what saved her, which is, I mean, wouldn't it be great if that, mm. I mean, I don't know, is that real? I think so, it's amazing. So you saw him do that in afterlife, but not in life. He was yes. unable right. to, he was but unable he was able to. to correct for it. And in that's death. what saved her. That was right. the healing, is what saved her and pulled yeah. her out into more of heaven. And it's a shift from um, sympathy to empathy. Right? Brene Brown, you've heard mm -hmm. this, has a great definition of sympathy and empathy. Sympathy is coming up to a hole in the ground, seeing somebody down there and saying, are you okay down there? Empathy is coming up to the same hole, seeing a person suffering in the hole and jumping in and saying, let's figure our way out together. Right, and every human being wants and needs somebody to right. see us. Right. We need to be seen. That is the ultimate, from Kabbalah perspective, that is the ultimate thing we can do. You know, Moses saw God face to face. Mm -hmm. We were supposed to see each other face to face. And, you know, he spent his life looking down in the pit. Right, exactly. And it wasn't only until heaven or hell that he jumped into the pit. And it mm -hmm. was at that moment that they were freed, mm -hmm. both of them. Right, right. And so it was this beautiful roundabout way to get to a heaven through going through this journey. Yes, right. yeah. yeah. It's all about beautiful. meeting people where they're at with non-judgment and compassion. Right. And that brings back the compassion. And it's hard with suicide. It is. You know, I'm just speaking personally. Um, it took me many, many years to forgive our dad and to get to a point when I not only had uh, empathy, I had sympathy because mm -hmm. there was a long period of time when I closed my heart off to him Yeah, because it was so painful. You know, we all navigate grief differently. And mm -hmm. I had been very, very, very depressed. That's how my gift came about. So I had immediately, I had empathy for dad and I immediately forgave him. I had a very different experience. And so it makes sense. Like and now you're fully there, but some people never get there. You know, and that's, I guess, what the movie was showing us. Well, it also shows you parallel heaven and earth. And I know, you know, you talk, teach a lot about this and you help heal people around this, that we're doing this work simultaneously. You know, we think of, oh, I'm doing the work down here. I, I've experienced this as a rabbi where you know, people will think they're sitting shiva the seven days after morning for themselves, and they are. But what they don't realize, and I think you just said this, was they're helping their loved ones ascend, release mm -hmm. the energy is as much for them as it is for you. And they're impacting you just like you're impacting them. Right. So the relationship continues on. And I thought this Absolutely. movie did a great job of showing that. See this picture behind you? Sort of looks like the it picture does. of the movie. It does. <laughs> I chose right? it for that reason. Wow. And as yeah. she was painting, it was manifesting yeah. in his heaven. Mm -hmm. yeah. And her suffering was manifesting yeah. in his heaven. Mm. And there was reciprocity. Well, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. So the part, I loved the part where she was journaling and then he was, she started doing automatic writing and he was inspiring her mm -hmm. with the words. That's how I'm my journey here. began. Mm -hmm. And the same with the painting, yeah, you know, so it's such a great um, tool, this movie, to show people the possibility of how spirits communicate. And then the dog, I thought of you, um, <laughs> right away, you know, the dog was seeing, um, Robin Williams' character yeah. and his spirit guide, Cuba Gooding Jr., was saying, yeah, dogs see everything. Right. And I always say animals are constantly tracking the spirits. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting when she was doing the automatic writing that 
it was clear that he didn't accept that he was dead and he was he was trying to communicate with her but he wasn't doing it from ascension he it looked as if the way that i think i took it was that he hadn't crossed over yet he hadn't accepted mm -hmm. that he was dead and so he was terrifying her and it made it worse so when he finally realized he made it worse he ascended deeper into heaven mm -hmm. um but the idea of you know, I think about when my grandma died almost about a year and a half ago, and I was there before she passed. I didn't see her pass, but um, I, I was, she was half conscious, half not, and, and we were meditating, and I could, feel, I could feel her loved ones around her, specifically my grandfather and her brother. And it's like, like you said with the dog that just greeted him right away. Mm -hmm. There is this beautiful thing if we bring it into relationships of, if those things don't end that's right. why forgiveness is so important his ascension he needed to ascend so she could figure out how to handle life on earth and as he was leaving he saw his you know this his angel and this dog and there is just so much crossover there's so mm -hmm. much intersection between us and the other world and mm -hmm. I, I do think of my grandmother because she was a non-believer in all of this. Like she said, I'll never believe it. I'll never believe it. And she turned to me that day, it was probably a week before she passed, and she said, if I could believe what we just saw, then I would be at peace. Wow. And it was like I did my job as a grand as a granddaughter to help her right. see all these people waiting for her. Mm. And beautiful. like that is so beautiful to cross mm -hmm. over and know that you're not alone in all of this. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, before we wrap up, let's talk about that topic because I think it's an important topic, and that is um, playing. You know, doing your your work and your purpose in the journey of others, on the journey of others, guiding them back and forth, and. You know, the different roles in this, his son mm -hmm. and his daughter, their son and their daughter, and the doctor, mm -hmm. uh, they, they all had different roles to play in each other's lives. I know you deal with this all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is guides and angels and, you know, spirits. Mm -hmm. And I just think that this movie reminds us that we all have a purpose and a, and a, and a part in each other's lives. Mm -hmm. so Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we have a soul contract and we have that team spirit and we people living in this world and then the non-physical beings that are our support team. And so that transcends, you know, they're working with us while we're here and they'll pick up where they left off, where we left off with us when we cross over. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess lastly, I would just want to say that, you know, it's art and yet it's also real life because Robin Williams mm -hmm. uh, completed suicide. I mean, this was a man who, to the world, looked so happy. Mm -hmm. And I think it was in 2015. I don't remember. Mm -hmm. yeah. I just remember it was the number one Googled um, search that year. It was Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. So I think interesting to that. So Robin Williams was, has been later identified to have a Lewy body dementia, yeah. which was very scary for him and disassociative. And again, for you know purposes of empathy and compassion, it's like I, I have the empathy and compassion for him and his suffering that I did for the woman, for the wife in this movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, to, to live on this earth in an inescapable hell, is it better to stay or to leave? And I, I for one, I think that's a question we all have to answer in a society as a whole and morally, and then different religions will have their own answers to that. But I, for one, have extreme compassion for those people that suffer that much. And for mm -hmm. Robin Williams and his real life case, and 
for the wife in this case. I think that we all have to be um, open to the fact that somebody who takes their own life and chooses to end their own life has not committed a mortal sin, but has um, experienced has, has has graced their their own selves with the compassion that they probably have for others in that suffering. Right. Because Robin Williams' suffering with Louis body dementia was, yeah. uh, but everything I've read about it, it's horrible. I wouldn't, wouldn't wish it on anyone. And the other piece of that, too, is that this is a man who appeared so happy. I mean, all of his, mm. except for this one, this was like the one-off. <laughs> most of them were really, you know, upbeat, happy-ish, yeah. dark, but happy um, movies. And, you know, you just can't know what's going on behind somebody's eyes, mm. what's going on in their, in their mind, in their heart, in their soul. And back to compassion and, and empathy, not sympathy. And really just thinking about this man when I was watching it, I just kept thinking, you know, it's mm. so close to home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought that many times that watching amazing? it too. It's like, wow, like, you know, art is imitating life. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it's first it was art, the movie was made. And then Robin Williams sort of took the own, his, mm-hmm. a similar path in his own life. Yeah. And maybe that was divinely designed. It prepared him, you know, for the path. But the other thing I want to add to what you just said is that, you know, suicide most often is mental illness. And so it's just like any other illness. Mm -hmm. And people who die from cancer aren't condemned. And so I think Mm -hmm. a huge misconception, because I hear it all the time, is the suicides are not in trouble. They're not judged. There's a lot of compassion. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes the living mind, humans, who have a limited thinking and are judgmental, are quick to judge. It's wrong. You know, it's good or bad or right or wrong. And so, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why you know, mm-hmm. there's a movement now for to not say commit suicide because right. commit died is by. the crime. Well, died by or completed suicide. But, yes. And, and you know, if you do say commit, I, I don't think it's wrong because it's part of our, our vocabulary. But I think it's a it's an important shift in the way we think about it, which is what you're talking right. about. And this movie, I think, does do a good job. In the end, stick around. Don't fall asleep like Chris. <laughs> um, if you make it to the end, there's this uplift at the end that. Mm-hmm. Love gets them there. Compassion gets them there. They're reunited yes. because of that compassion. Mm-hmm. And and one last thing, they choose to come back. Reincarnation. Say reincarnation. That's a whole other sh- a whole topic. topic. Yeah. yeah. But it is interesting. You know, they were willing, and they said at the end, you know, they were willing to leave their kids so they could come back and find each other again. And they mm-hmm. said, you know, to spirits, to people who have passed over, it's like a blip. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll come back right away. You won't even miss them. Um, but it was really interesting to take that leap of faith and really go into another lifetime together. Mm-hmm. And then, you I mean, yes, a whole other conversation is you think about the people you marry, the people that you are in family with, and you know, I mean, it feels so familiar. Mm-hmm. You know, that connection feels otherworldly. It feels other lifetimes. So there is so much more. I mean, there's so many facets to this movie. So we'll have to think about a reincarnation movie. I'm sure there are a few yes. out there. Yeah. That would be a good That would be a good topic. To the next topic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Final thoughts? Definitely not a date movie. <laughs> it's not popcorn and candy. That. It's a big glass of wine. <laughs> yeah. It's a serious movie about yeah. a serious yeah. topic, but it does do a good job of bringing to life what otherwise might have just been left in ancient uh, mystical texts and you know conversations that don't happen often enough. So we hope that this gives you some... Uh, fuel to watch the movie and to enter into meaningful dialogue and if you are struggling with um, depression if you are struggling with darkness of any type seek out a a mental health professional you're not alone there are people out there that are 
waiting and ready to support you. I know we all are. And we send you love and light on your journey. And we will see you in the next movie. Take care. Namaste, everybody. It was